This episode of the Columbia Basin Herald's Studio Basin Podcast is brought to you by the Moses Lake Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber works to help businesses in and around Moses Lake flourish through networking opportunities, member-to-member savings for products and services, and connecting businesses with the resources they need to make Moses Lake a wonderful place to live, work, and play. For more information, visit MosesLake.com or call the Chamber at 509-765-7888. Again, that's MosesLake.com or 509-765-7888. Well, happy Friday. I'm Charles Featherstone, senior reporter with the Columbia Basin Herald, and I am here with Ian Bivona, sports correspondent mm-hmm. extraordinaire, Cheryl Schweitzer, senior reporter and reporter, and page guru Joel Martin. <laughs> And we're here to talk about what happened in the Columbia Basin this week. So we're going to stop our four top stories from the Columbia Basin Herald this week. The Moses Lake Council member, Alexa Newmember. The Moses Lake City Council, Alexa Newmember. There we go. Um, (coughs) CB Tech law enforcement instructor, Dave Ruffin, does a heroic act. We've got the Boys and Girls Club annual auction and uh, first grade farm day. So we'll start a little bit with the new Moses Lake Council member. The Moses Lake Council met for a two-hour special session on Tuesday and interviewed all 10 applicants for the position. And eventually, they they selected Dave Skog as their new council member. The name may be familiar because you see his family's name plastered on a number of businesses scattered across town. The Skog brothers have this and that and everything else. It was an interesting choice. Um, can you tell me a little? Tell us a little bit more. I, I may have been here six years, but you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of a newbie when it comes to a place like Moses Lake. Still, well, you, you can't really live in this community for very long without having cross paths with one or another of the Scott brothers. Okay, they, they um, it's it's a, it's a long established family, and they're, they're, I think Dave is an excellent choice. From yeah. Everything I know of him. They, He'll do some good things for this town, I think. No, I know that his father was uh, on the city council for a number of years and was mayor, actually, from 71 to 73. And his older brothers also served on the city council. And as a matter of fact, one of the things that uh, that Dave did tell council member Eck during the course of his um, uh, interrogation, his job interview, <laughs> how do we wish to describe it here? His grilling. <laughs> his grilling. <coughs> there we go. His official grilling, um, his third degree, uh, was... <laughs> was one of the curses of it, one of, one of life's curses is being the son of an honest father, and <coughs> because apparently at one point in time the senior Otto uh, Otto Skog uh, apparently was serving on some sort of board or another, and there was a leftover frozen chicken that was being donated to something, and 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 Otto Skog said, "Nope, we have to give that to the food bank because there cannot be any." any appearance of impropriety. So it was just, it was an interesting set of interviews. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how the council goes on for this. He runs for re-election uh, next fall. And there will be three other seats, um, three other members of the city council running for re-election next, next year as well. So it'll be a busy 2023, at least locally, for elections. The, the other story, uh, last week this happened, but we didn't have a story on it till the, till Monday. Um, Dave Ruffin, the former police chief here in Moses Lake and currently the law enforcement criminal justice instructor at CB Tech, kept, he basically detained a a young man with a gun um, until the police could come and arrest him. This is just sort of another interesting little story about about a former police chief. 
Is this where we get to start calling him Rough and Ready? I guess we do. Yes, <laughs> yes. Not a headline we could have used in print, but but uh, yes, always seems I to be I do notice in your story that he said this was not something he would teach his law enforcement students. No, he was quite emphatic about that. And, and, and in fact, he even goes to went on to say that it wasn't probably not something he should have done himself because um, it could have gone really south really yes. fast. Um, but he seemed... You know, he, he did what instinct and, and years of experience had taught him to do, and he did a, did a very good thing. It could have ended badly in any number of ways. So, so, so hats off to the Moses Lake School District and to those in the Moses Lake School District who and the Moses Lake Police Department for handling this as well as they did. Okay. Um, the Boys and Girls Club auction. Joel, you went and covered that. I did, and that was... That was a fantastic auction. I, I wish I had more adjectives. I really do. For it. <laughs> um, Tell us a little bit about what went on that night. Well, the, um, the, the, there was a, a the auction was a kind of a hybrid one. Mm -hmm. um, they had, and this is something I would love to write about one of these times when I get a chance to talk to more people. Um, they had a live auction with Chuck Yarbrough as you, I don't think you can have a fundraiser <laughs> in this town, a fundraiser auction without Chuck Yarbrough. No, probably not. And um, and at the same time that he's getting bids from people present, there's a screen next to him, and he's getting online bids at the same time. Hmm. They, they, the last couple of years, you know, uh, 2020 and 2021, they had to do all online auction. They couldn't okay. have the, the yeah. banquet, of course. And so now that they're returning, they're able to do both at once. And that's, it's fascinating to watch. What sorts of things did they auction off? Um, you know, I wish I brought my list of them. I, I, <laughs> I kept my little booklet, and I don't have it with me. Oh. Um, mostly, it was things, it was experiences donated by people in the community. Okay. Um, one was, if I recall, it was um, a dinner for ten people at, at a local couple's home on the lake. Oh, nice! That went for fourteen thousand five hundred dollars. Wow! That and other. I think that's a that's more than most of these went for. There were party packages. There were there was a couple of getaways vacation getaways, things like that. And they they all went for a pretty decent amount. It amazes me how thoroughly people step up for the for the institutions in this community. Mm -hmm. We we see these fundraisers a lot and of course, you know, reporters we cover you know, we go to a dozen of these things a year between us. Mm -hmm. And and they're always well attended. They they sell out fast and people give generously because Things like the Boys and Girls Club are, are very highly valued here. Well, and I thought actually now that you were saying that, it occurred to me that very same day I went to the Mennonite Country Auction out there in the middle of howling nowhere, <laughs> um, west of Ritzville, at this little Mennonite church that's been in this community for more than a century. Um, and again, it is in the middle of nowhere, and, and the pastor said on a normal Sunday they don't have many more than 50 people worshiping. There were hundreds of people there, and they raised $130,000 for um, the Mennonite Central Committee, which oversees the uh, Mennonite Church USA's um, disaster and, internet and, and world relief operations. But it was just amazing. There were buses that had hauled people in there and people from all over. It was just stunning. We, they, we have a, a very generous community around here. Mm -hmm. we, we do, really. we do. And I, uh, going back to the Boys and Girls Club, it's a really good resource for kids um, after school programs, uh -huh. uh, all kinds of activities. Um, children of working parents. When I was a kid, the, the only thing 
children with working parents did was went home and watched TV. Yep. We were, we were the latchkey kids. Yes, we were. And this is so many times better. <laughs> well, I, I can't say enough good things about, and, and Kim is doing a great job running it. Yeah. And I, I, I just run out of good things to say. Okay. Well, we should mention Kim Pope. Yes. The director. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kim, yes, Pope. Kim Pope. He was talking about. Well, speaking of kids, it was also first grade first grade farm day for the Moses Lake mm-hmm. School District. Um, I think you and I, I know I have covered that in the past because I covered the Moses Lake School District for a while, and and uh, Cheryl went out and covered it. I Tell have, us a little bit I about what that was about. I have done more than one first grade farm day. <laughs> um, what they do, the FFA and some of the classes at the high school, Moses Lake High School, um, come up with presentations on things to do with agriculture, from tractors to having a petting zoo to um, corn and chickens and you name it, and over the years they've done it, and they try and do things that catch the attention of first graders to show them the food does not necess- the food does not come from the store. Mm-hmm. The food comes from places right around them. Mm-hmm. And they've done it long enough. I was talking to some of the teenagers and some of them remember first grade farm day themselves. And they remember the French fries that they got. Mm-hmm. One guy said he remembered the cow, plastic cow that they've got. He remembered the cow. Um it's a pretty, they have a lot of fun with it. The kids, the high school kids do, a, I think, a good job in the stuff that they present to the little kids. And the little kids, you know, get to pet a pig, or in the case this year, the pig didn't really want to come to where they were. <laughs> they pleaded with it, wake up, pig, please wake up. And the pig just slept Lay there like a sleeping pig. Yes. Come here, pig. And the pig would not. The pig is defective. We need to return it. <laughs> its owner finally got out a whip and urged it over to the other side of the, the pen, and it went rather grumpily, but it went. And the kids managed to pet it and, you know, grab its ears and on all of that. And they, when they were done, he went back to his spot in the shade and went back to sleep. <laughs> And they had sheep and a little pony and all kinds of animals, puppies, and then pretty much anything you could imagine farm-wise. Excellent. Um, and like I said, they've been doing it for many years, and kids do remember it, apparently. Yep. Well, thank you, Cheryl. The next segment of the Studio Basin podcast is brought to you by the readers of the Columbia Basin Herald. The paper serves the entirety of Grant and Adams counties in central and eastern Washington, which has strong traditions in agriculture, industry, and taking care of one another. The Columbia Basin Herald is grateful to our readers for their support and to our advertisers who support our efforts to keep the communities we serve informed. Well, Ian, it's now your segment of the podcast. (laughs) Tell us all about sports. All right, well, Charles, in case any of us <laughs> have been living under a rock, the Mariners are back in the playoffs Yay! for the first time this, in this 21 years. In, I was going to say, it. I wasn't sure if it would happen in your lifetime. And so I was born in 1999. And I was two years old the last time I was in the playoffs. Uh, so safe to say I wasn't too concerned with what they were doing then, but definitely something to pay attention to now. Um, actually, they're playing as we speak. Uh, the last time we I checked before we walked into the studio, they had 3-0 lead over the Toronto Blue, Blue Jays. 
That's who they're playing in the first round, and they're going to be playing a best-of-three series, and it's going to run through Sunday. So we got a game today, tomorrow, and uh, if it's tied after tomorrow, then they'll play again on Sunday to determine a winner. So that's obviously very exciting, very exciting for these these fans uh, of the Seattle Mariners. And then to close out, they closed out the regular season this past week. Julio Rodriguez actually set the Mariners uh, franchise record for lead walk lead off lead off home runs with six. Uh, he set that on Wednesday in the team's final regular season game, which was a five to four win over Detroit. Uh, the Mariners won seven of their final 10 games against the Rangers, Athletics, and the Detroit Tigers. Um, a bit of sad news. Uh, Sam Haggerty, not sad, but disappointing. It's unfortunate that it happened to him, especially with uh, the team making the playoffs for the first time as long as it's been. But Sam Haggerty is going to be out for the first two rounds of the playoffs. So if the Mariners were to advance, he'd still be out on the next series. Um, he's a utility man. He does kind of like a does-it-all kind of guy for the Mariners. So that's a big loss for them. And then a bit of uh, hopeful news for the Mariners. Their opponent, the Toronto Blue Jays, they're 5-2 and two against them this season. Okay. So, and they had a lead before we walked in. I'm not too sure how they're doing right now. <laughs> but uh, we'll see if that lead stays. And, I mean, I, I can't imagine what that'd be like. Or I can't imagine. I grew up a Jets fan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know. Uh, You're I'm sure. despair then. Yes, I definitely am. I'm a Jets fan who went to Auburn. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of futility. Yeah. But anyway, in other uh, pro sports news, the Seahawks had a win of their own. Uh, last week, they defeated the Detroit Lions 48-45. to I believe it was the 10th highest scoring game or tied for the 10th highest scoring game in NFL history um, with 93 combined points. So a bit of a shootout there in Detroit. Um, Eight-man football. Yeah, definitely. It's like an eight-man football score, yeah. Uh, Through the first four games of the year, uh, Geno Smith, a Seattle quarterback, has completed 102 of 132 passes for a 77.3% completion percentage, which is leading the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And he's thrown for 1,037 yards, six touchdowns, and two interceptions, which that's kind of what you you got to be happy seeing that out of Geno, especially him coming off the bench from last year, replacing Russell Wilson, who's now in Denver. You got to say he's been pretty impressive uh, through the first four games, especially that game against Detroit last week where he completed 23 of 30 passes for 320 yards, two touchdowns, and also added 49 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground as well. So, yeah. Uh, Joining uh, Gino in the run game was Rashad Penny, who had 151 yards and two touchdowns against Detroit. Seattle doubled its rushing output of the year. They rushed for 235 yards on Sunday alone. In the first three games of the year, they had 224 rushing yards combined. Mm So it was definitely a game of offense, which in a game of offense, it brings questions about the defense. And I was going to say, definitely no more yeah. Legion of Boom. <laughs> definitely not a Legion of Boom. Uh, Detroit or Seattle's defense has been pretty underwhelming this year through the first four games. I know they've got some injuries, especially with Jamal Adams out, uh, I believe, for the year. Um, it's definitely going to leave a hole, um, but they do have a chance to bounce back against a banged-up New Orleans Saints team this weekend. Uh, they're on the road in New Orleans. Uh, that game's going to kick off at 10 a.m. on Sunday. So we'll see if they can keep up this bit of a hot streak they got. Uh, two road trips in a row. 
scored 48 points in the first one, but also allowed 45. Definitely uh, one of those things is good, one of those things not so much. <laughs> uh, but anyway, moving on to local sports. Um, last week's football, I'll let you guys know last week's football scores. Uh, ACH defeated Republic 56 to nothing. Kashmir defeated, defeated Afreda 30 to 15. Lynn Ritzville defeated uh, Colbert 35 to 7. Moses Lake defeated Wenatchee 28-7. Othello, who has scored 70 points in back-to-back weeks, defeated Grandview 70 to nothing. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That, that's not an eight-man team. <laughs> no, it's not. That's, that's a two-way that's team. Impressive. Yeah. Uh, Cascade defeated Quincy 42-7. Royal defeated Waluke 51-3. And Riverview defeated Warden 53-6. Uh, and then for this week, we've already had a couple games start uh, to begin week believe six. Uh, Royal defeated Keona Benton City uh, 63 to 6 and Columbia defeated Warden 56 to nothing. So uh, we had quite a good week of football last week. Definitely looking forward to more this week. Bit of drama on the gridiron. Yes, absolutely. I know Cheryl's excited for that Othello game tonight. Maybe we'll see if they can score 70 points three weeks in a row. You never know. You were saying, however, that Prosser is Undefeated this year. Yes, so, so Prosser is 5-0 and right now. They're playing Othello this week, so that'll be a big game for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Othello is undefeated in conference play. Their one loss is to Royal, who uh, not in the same conference mm-hmm. or level. Um, but that'll be a big game to dis- decide the top of the CWAC. And then I'll be at Lynn Ritzville. Lynn Ritzville's 4-1. Uh, they're really lining it up in 2B, so I'm definitely excited to get out there. I haven't been out there yet this year, so it'll be a different experience for me, and I'm looking forward to it. Is this your – now, do they play 8-man, or are they – I don't believe so. Okay. No. I believe they play 11-man. I have to double-check. I'll have to look that up, and I will – I'll look two it up B, farther in the game. 2B, <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. Um, but – and then throughout the week, we've had coverage of other volleyball games, soccer games, so look, uh, feel free to check online for those scores as well. And then each Monday, we've started running a description of how each team's doing in the in the season. Uh, we're covering soccer, football, and volleyball as well, and slow pitch softball for Moses Lake. Um, so yeah, feel free to check that out. Um, and then so this week's football games, we've got ACH traveling to Welpenet, Afreda's at home against Sela, Lynn Ritzville is facing off against Jenkins, Moses Lake is traveling to Davis. Othello's at home versus Prosser. Quincy's at home versus OMAC. While Luke's at home versus College Place. And then uh, some other games going on from other high school games going on this weekend. Uh, not football. ACH is traveling to Chesterton Academy and Valley Christian on Saturday at 1.30 and 5 p.m. Moses Lake Girls Soccer is traveling to Eisenhower at 1 p.m. Othello Girls Soccer is at home versus Afreda at noon on Saturday. Quincy Girls Soccer is traveling to Kiona Benton City at 11 a.m. Royal Volleyball, Royal Volleyball is at home versus Highland at 3 p.m. And Waluke Girls Soccer is at home versus Wapado? Wapado. Gotcha. Thank you. All those games are on Saturday, so looking forward to getting those games covered as well. And people can go out and watch any one of them they want. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, please feel free to. Well, this Studio Basin podcast is produced by the Columbia Basin Herald, a local newspaper serving Grant and Adams counties in Washington State. 
Our publisher is Clint Schroeder, and our regional general manager is Bob Richardson. Our managing editor is Rob Miller, and our reporting staff consists of senior reporter Charles Featherstone, senior reporter Cheryl Schweitzer, staff writer and paginator Joel Martin, staff writer Rebecca Penningill, and sports reporter extraordinaire Ian Bivona. The Columbia Basin Herald is published five days a week in print and online. The paper's website is www.columbiabasinherald.com. To provide feedback on the paper or the podcast, please email us at editor at columbiabasinherald.com. On behalf of the staff of the Columbia Basin Herald, this is Charles Featherstone thanking you for listening. Please join us next week and by all means, read the paper.